Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mary Kondo, or Marie Kondo, is an organizational simplifying specialist. She's sold over 30 million books, translated from Japanese into Korean, Chinese, French, German, English, and more. Her book, one of her books, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, Japanese art of decluttering and organizing has been published in more than 30 languages. A bestseller in Japan, Europe, and the United States. She was listed as one of Time's most hundred influential people in the world. Condi struck gold because she realized that people, people are surrounded in life with many, many complexities, and those complexities can metastasize themselves in our life as clutter, and clutter, well, at the very least, is probably psychologically unhealthy. I don't know if you can say it's really unhealthy, but people tend to, every once in a while, try to get rid of it as much as they can. I heard a story of a father who was teaching his three-year-old how to pray. He was very patient with her, and he would say each line, and she would repeat it. And then he would say the line, and she would repeat it. He would say the line, and she would repeat it, until finally she thought she was ready to go solo. Everything was going extraordinarily well as she pronounced each and every line in order as they were supposed to, up until, until she got right up unto the end. And she said, lead us out of temptation and deliver us from emails. <laughs> Deliver us from emails. Amen. Right? Amen. Dear Lord. Marie Kondo's method of organizing is known as the Con Marie method. It consists of gathering all of your belongings into one category at a time and then only keeping those things that spark joy. The Japanese word for the sparking of joy is, bear with me, toki miku. I practiced that all day yesterday. Toki miku. Probably racist when I say it that way, right? But I'm like, great. Isn't that awesome? Toki miku. Who couldn't use a little simplification? Who couldn't use a little decluttering? Who doesn't want a little spark of joy? Toki miku. You know what brings me joy sometimes? I'll take a basket into my house and I'll take a bunch of junk that's just laying around and I take the basket, I take it out to the garage and then I put it up on a shelf. And if anybody asks me for anything in the basket, I give it back to them. Every once in a while, the basket gets lost. Toki Miku, it brings me joy. For Lent, we're talking about people in Christ's passion out of the Gospel of John. Today, John introduces the Marie Kondo of the Bible, Mary. Mary, the sister of Martha. Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Mary, who helps us to simplify. Mary, who helps us to declutter. Mary, who has chosen the better portion, who helps us experience Toki Miku, the spark of joy, the good news of Jesus Christ. How does Mary do this? Well, Mary does this very simply. She replaces get with give. It's pretty simple. 
replace get with give. You see, get clutters things. Get confuses things. Get, get might make us miserable. Right? Get ahead. Get back. Get even. Get more. Get revenge. Get's not always positive, is it? Mary does something very simple. She replaces give with get. Mary gives freely. Mary gives, in our lesson today, extravagantly. Mary gives joyfully. Are you stuck in an emotional rut? Maybe you should stop getting and start, I don't know, giving a little bit. Have you lost your zeal for life? Maybe you should find some way to give. Do you want to you spark? you want to be alive again? Maybe you should give. you want joy in your life? Replace all of those gets with some gives. The context, the context for our lesson today is coming out of John chapter 11. Lazarus, to begin this story, had died. And he had died, and Jesus had dithered where he was in place for four days. As the text reads, by the time Jesus gets there, Lord, he stinketh. He has been dead for four days. He is good and dead, as they say. Been dead for a while. Jesus stands in front of the tomb and he weeps. He's already been accosted by Mary. He's already been accosted by Martha. And Martha by the way, Martha, Martha does not strike me as a woman that pulls punches when she is disappointed with you. Even Jesus Christ. She says as Jesus comes up the path, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That influence I put on myself, but I, <laughs> I've met a couple of Marthas in my day. That's how I hear it. Jesus stands in front of the tomb and weeps. And they say, look how he loved him. And then Jesus calls, Lazarus, come out. And lo and behold, Lazarus does. Lazarus comes out. Lazarus comes out, shambling out of his tomb alive with a shroud still around him like some sort of a used cocoon. I suspect that since how he was in his grave clothes, he's probably worming his way out there someplace. Every time I see this in a movie, I'm like, it's not macabre enough. Like some sort of a caterpillar. But he's alive. The Jewish leaders, this is it. This is, that's just one straw too far. This is the last straw. Raising Lazarus from the dead seals it in their minds. This Jesus, he has got to go. Too much. Jesus moves from manageable nuisance to existential threat. So much so that they are making plans to kill him. Chapter 11, verse 53. And now they've got to add Lazarus to it. As we come to John chapter, chapter 12, Jesus has a prize on his hand, and, and now so does Lazarus. The chief priests have made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews are going away, and they're believing in Jesus. We must destroy Jesus, and we must destroy the evidence of his work and of his power, and now Lazarus is part of that evidence. 
I kind of feel sorry for Lazarus. He's, he's been ripped out of heaven to come back to this mess just so that they can murder him. And I've never been murdered before. I don't think it doesn't sound fun. That's our context. And now here's our cost. John chapter 12, verse 3. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. How much did the ointment cost? We're told in John chapter 12, verse, three, verse 5, it's worth a year's income, 300 denarii. A denarii was a one day's payment for a day labor. 300, this is a year's salary. I mean, think about that. You ever dropped a year's worth of salary in one day? I've not. Not one time that I can remember have I ever spent that much money on anything. Imagine dropping it just like that, bam. What's going on here is that she's, she's replaced getting with giving. Mary's gift is, Mary, it's, it's beyond extravagant. It, it's excessive. I mean, there's like the top, and then there's like way over the top. Judas Iscariot believes, believes me. He's thinking the very same thing. It was he who was going to betray Jesus, says, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now, the text is careful to remind us he doesn't say this because Judas doesn't care anything about the poor, but he's a thief. He's in charge of the money. So when he goes to give money out to people, he's like, there's two for you and one for me. One for you and three for me. This is how Judas gives money to the poor. Judas is threatened. And he's threatened because Mary gives. And the comparison between the two couldn't be more black and white. Mary, Mary is a generous disciple, whereas Judas is a greedy disciple. Mary gives with abandon, and Judas is stingy. She sacrifices financially. Judas won't give a nickel. Mary is shrewd with her faith in her actions, and Judas talks a good, time, a good game, but we know he doesn't really care about the poor. He just wants everybody to believe that he thinks that. Mary loves the word give, Judas, all he can do is get. Get more, get ahead, get on top. And it will lead him to death. It will kill him. It all leads to the cross. Jesus stands up for Mary and says, leave her alone. I don't know if Mary understands the cross. I don't know if she knows entirely what's going on. But Jesus at least has told his disciples, I kind of assume that Mary may be in this, this rank as well, that maybe she knows, and maybe she has put it together. Maybe she's heard what people are saying. Maybe she sees the danger he's in. John chapter 1, verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John chapter 2, verse 13, Destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it back up. That was a very public teaching. And John chapter 3, verse 14, As Moses was lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Mary gives Jesus everything that she has, and in doing so, she prepares Jesus for him 
to give everything he has. And this room is filled, it is filled with the smell of this expensive nard. Smells are powerful. Do you have any smells that just sort of do things to you? Right, maybe the smell of roses reminds you of a, a date. I tell you, the smell of dogwoods remind me that it's almost sweating season. Right? <laughs> Stink comes through the air, and you're like, yep, about to be summer as you pull the pollen off of me. Maybe it's the scent of your, your grandmother's perfume. It just, it smells like her. It puts you in that place. The smell of baked bread. Smell is powerful. It's a powerful thing that happens. You see, words, words go to our head, but smells, smells go to the emotional part of our body. Just a whiff of grandma's perfume can bring us back to grandma's house and all sorts of other things. Smells can stir powerful emotions, and so it is true for Jesus. That Mary's strong perfume lingers with him throughout Holy Week. And even on Good Friday, the fragrance of Mary's perfume may still linger, and perhaps, just perhaps, that when Jesus at that very last instance is giving us every, he's giving us everything he has, he might still smell of that nard. A reminder of what Mary has given. Both Matthew chapter 26 and Mark chapter 14 states, whenever, whenever this gospel is proclaimed, the whole world, what she has done, will also be told in memory of her. Why is that? Because the kingdom of God is not about hoarding. The kingdom of God is not about stockpiling. The kingdom of God is not about, it's not about chintzy. It's not about cheap. The kingdom of God is about give, not get. And Mary, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus, shows us the kingdom of God is about giving lavishly, giving generously, giving joyfully, giving completely, as our Lord has given unto us. Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her for what Jesus has done for us. In God's name, amen.